Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In this revealing observational portrait, Black progressive activist and political commentator Van Jones faces a polarized society head-on in an effort to reform our broken criminal justice system. Jones, known for calling Donald Trump's campaign election a white lash, live on prime television, navigates an increasingly tense and isolated political and racial environment in his attempt to become a bridge builder during the Trump administration. The film goes into a lot more about Van Jones and his life and the, his efforts in the in this realm of criminal justice reform. It's a terrific portrait, one in which it does not skirt around many of the impressions and opinions people of all political stripes have had about Van Jones, and he addresses them. And it's a really a well-done documentary film. We're joined today by the director, and that would be Brandon Kramer. Brandon, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me, Mike. Thank you. Well, how did this get going? Did you did you know Van very well? How how did this kind of come about? Yeah, I knew Van for several years before this project started. You know, there's two other projects that we sort of intersected, worked together on. Um, one was my last feature film called City of Trees, and another was a web series where I followed Van uh, in a series of dialogues that he had with Trump supporters right before the 2016 election, and that was called The Messy Truth. And so I had known him for several years. The 2016 election happened. Donald Trump was elected. And Van and I sat down over a cup of coffee and Van said, I'm going to spend the next four years of my life doing everything I can to push criminal justice reform forward. And that includes working with Republicans. I'm going to try to work with this administration. I'm going to do everything I can. And as a documentary filmmaker, I'm always looking for you know, what are the most pressing issues of the time that, you know, to me, and how can I humanize, how can I get capture an intimate look at political social change as it's happening in a way that can open up the complexities around these issues and the divisions in this country to me is one of the most critical crises we face. And so being able to have an intimate firsthand look at a social leader trying to work across these dividing lines on the most some of the most important issues like addiction and criminal justice reform felt like an, an essential story to tell. And to and that's what the last five years of my life has been working on. You know, you can probably point to a number of issues that sort of encapsulate America's political, social, cultural, racial divide, but criminal justice has got to be right near the top of the list. Because we can look back over the course of incarceration in this country where 120 years ago it was considered the model for the world in terms of its its capacity for rehabilitation and giving people a second chance. And over the last 30 or 40 years, it's become one of the most regressive and incriminate kind of systems outside of a, a totalitarian system in the entire world. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, I think it would be a fair statement. And it's one of the few issues that I think, you know, Republicans and Democrats both pushed uh, mass incarceration. So there's also blame and accountability on both sides of the aisle um, in in some ways. 
And then uh, also it's one of these issues where uh, whatever your political background is, when you come up close and personal with human beings being put in cages, it, it is so emotional. It is such a devastating crisis that I think it, it really pulls emotionally at people. You know, if you're just a human being, um, I think it, 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 it draws upon your conscience. There was a political maxim back in the, I'll say the 80s, 70s and 80s. It was basically no politician ever got unelected by pushing for more law and order, right? There was this whole, it was just a thing that every politician of every political stripe had to go out and basically in a pro forma way say, I'm for locking people up. And it's hard now looking back, it's very difficult to not see that as a thinly veiled, racial, racially charged, racist, whatever that label you would put on it. But that was what it was about because George Wallace, when he ran in 1968, called himself the law and order candidate. Nobody had any doubt as to what he was talking about. Richard Nixon did it. Ronald Reagan did it. Bill Clinton did it. So this is something that strikes at the very core of our country and our failed ability to deal with race. Van Jones that I've come to know over the last few years has been a very polarizing political figure. I'm so glad I got to see and get to know him a little bit better. And I'm so glad to see it in the context of his life. Talk a little bit about that part of it. Yeah. I mean, there is a reason why very few people work across the aisle and engage across the aisle. I knew that it was difficult. I knew that it was perilous on an instinctual level, on a, you know, you see headlines kind of level. When I started this film four years ago and Van was going to do it, and I knew, I knew Van well enough to know that he is the kind of person that when he sets his mind toward a goal, he will do everything he can to achieve it. To me, the importance of this, of, of telling this story was really to see what does bipartisanship look like? What does, it, what does it feel like? What does it look like? What are the impacts of reaching across the aisle? What are the consequences? What is the human toll on an individual? The film dives not into Van's politics and his views, but also his critics. You know, it, it was really important to me to, and I told Van this from the get-go. I said, you know, if we're gonna, if I'm gonna be following you, it's really important that I'm also, you know, capturing people that oppose the first step back, that oppose the strategy that you're taking on. So I spent a lot of time with people that don't agree with him. And my hope for the film is that by seeing an honest and intimate look at not just Van, but a team of people attempting to engage across the aisle, that audiences can sit back and have a conversation around where are the opportunities for doing this kind of work? Where did this attempt at bipartisanship fall short? Because um, I think right now we're just not having that conversation, period. So whether you agree with Van or not, my hope is that the film can at least be a space to talk about, you know, well, why not then? And the emotional core of the film is Van reaching out to two very different communities. And that is a, a group from Los Angeles who are working with homeless people and around issues of addiction and, and incarceration. And also West Virginia, per capita, maybe the hardest hit part of the country for the opioid, fentanyl, Sackler family addiction issue. 
right? So, and bringing those two groups together. And in the course of them getting together for the first time, we watch this, as you're describing it, we watch it play out in this group meeting that they have. If you wouldn't please talk a little bit about that first meeting that they have. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was one of the most emotional experiences I've been through. And I've been through, uh, you know, seeing many things in front of the camera to see two groups of people of incredible leaders who have personally experienced devastating loss in their lives due to this addiction crisis, sitting in a room together in a, in a diner, a cup of coffee, and just, just, you know, showing pictures of their loved ones, telling their story about how addiction afflicted their community and being able to bond and form a really deep connection across these political divides, racial divides, geographic divides. South Central Los Angeles and West Virginia have very little reason on a surface level to be in the same room. And Van, you know, had this sort of idea and this vision of bringing people together on their shared pain across these lines. And it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's heart-wrenching. And what's also beautiful is the really tough conversations they have. There's a scene in the film where um, Tylo James, one of the activists, and Doug Copenhaver, one of the leaders in West Virginia, are in a car together and just speaking really honestly about how this election of, of, of Trump, you know, affected Tylo and how she felt about it. And Doug speaking about, you know, why, why, this, why this person was a leader he believed in. And you don't see that opportunity for two people to just share their truth, their belief, raw um, in that kind of space. And so um, that, that is the, I'm glad you said it, you know, for me, it's the emotional heart of the film as well. You know, bipartisan, it's like seeing a Van work with a, you know, somebody like a Jared Kushner in the Trump White House is very different than seeing a group of community leaders um, working across divides around their their pain and, and heartache. And so both are different forms of working across the aisle that I felt was critical. And we do see, as you mentioned, we see uh, Jared Kushner in the film a fair amount. His own experience has to do with his father being incarcerated by, by Chris Christie as the district attorney in New Jersey, I believe on some kind of uh, real estate or financial uh, crime that he had committed. But for Jared to have experienced a family member in prison had a, apparently a pretty profound impact on him and his perception. That's the other thing. I mean, we're, this is also about class. I don't know anyone in my life, in my circle of family and friends that ever been in a prison. A couple of them been in jail for doing stupid stuff, but nobody's been in prison. And during the course of my life, I've worked in the criminal justice reform as well and went to a prison, a medium security with a maximum security unit. It will open your eyes. It will shake the hell out of you. It will change you. No matter, I don't care who you are. You, you will be changed by just visiting a prison, let alone spending time in one. Yeah. I mean, I had never been to a prison before working on this film. And I probably went into half a dozen of them following Van and his team. And um, it is absolutely one of the most horrible experiences you can have as a human being to see, to, to really witness human beings being caged. It is uh, it, it's really devastating and, and heartbreaking. And I think, you know, whether it's Jared Kushner or Senator Mike Lee or Rand Paul on the right, I think there is a bipartisan uh, interest in this issue because I think it, you know, for, there's, there's, you know, Christian conservatives 
right. um, believe in redemption. And so second chances is really big on, on in, in some conservative communities. Um, you know, fiscal waste, wait, you know, wasteful spending. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're spending exorbitant amounts of money incarcerating people when that money could be spent in much more productive ways. And so I think that hits a chord with the right. Um, and, and liberty, you know, just like not infringing upon people's individual liberties. That's another issue that I think taps into the, the sort of consciousness on the conservative side. So this issue of criminal justice reform is really one of these rare issues that obviously the left and you know, people in the social justice movement have been fighting this fight for decades and have been the frontline activists on this. But um, it's, it's kind of amazing in this moment you were talking earlier about all the presidents that have campaigned against criminal justice reform and for law and order. I think if you if you were to talk to Van, you know, one of the things he's proud of is the fact that uh, in this election, all the presidential candidates campaigned yeah. pro criminal justice reform, including Donald Trump. Yeah. A lot of people were nervous about that because obviously they don't want him to get votes. But for Van, for him to for 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 the Republicans to come out and say this is a safe issue, we all want people to get out of prison. Um, I think uh, Van felt like that was the bigger victory in that moment. Remind our listeners, we're speaking with Brandon Kramer. He's the director of a documentary film called The First Step. Story of Van Jones, but it's also a story of people who are interested in reaching across this chasm of political parties and ideologies to see if there is common ground to try and find it and cultivate it and and the kind of shit that he takes for it and others. But certainly he seems to be sort of the the masthead for people who are upset with with reaching across the aisle. And I understand it. I under I do understand it because and I'll with that at the risk of being churlish about this, you know, it wasn't until white people started getting addicted to opioid that anyone cared to, to the degree they do now, certainly. And it's hard to not feel a little embittered by that. But nonetheless, however we got here, that's where we are now, right? We gotta, we've got to make the best of it. Van is a very unique activist, a very unique strategist. And um, he, he, for better or for worse, however you feel about it, he's yeah. one of these people who's very goal oriented. So yeah. his goal was, how do I pass a bill that gets people out of prison? And if it takes working with Jared Kushner, if it takes Kim Kardashian walking into the White House to advocate on behalf of this issue, I will, you know, and, and there are few leaders that are willing to do that. Now, I'm not saying it, the, the, the critique, you know, everyone, the, 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 how that, affected uh, leaders in the criminal justice movement who have been fighting this for a long time is very valid and is lifted up in this film. Um, but I also think that it's important to look and study and understand, you know, what did he do here? Because the country is still divided. Donald Trump is still the leader of the Republican Party. The country's divisions are just as worse. My hope is that the film can be some sort of lesson and model for how do we continue in this in this moment? You know, and I, and I look at him and I look at sort of I, the, he has the right attitude. Others see crisis and gridlock. He sees opportunity. You know, I, I've, I've said this before in other interviews, the Chinese character for crisis is also the same for opportunity. And it's true. If you think it through, it is absolutely true. Every crisis presents an opportunity for something either radically different or different enough to make a difference. 
And I think that that's really what motivates Van Jones. I think he sees that. I think that I, think, I don't. I, I I bet Van knows that, but if he doesn't, I'm going to tell him because I think that is a, a beautiful sort of way of looking at what what this film is. He he was a few, one of the few people that saw opportunity in this moment and 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 went for it and uh, experienced a lot of a loss of relationships of standing breaking breaking ranks has real costs and um, this film is an attempt at trying to humanize and understand that. I want to let people know that uh, the first step premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, and it will be uh, also at the AFI Doc Film Festival coming right up. And so you want to check this out. You can go to AFI Doc to watch it virtually. And uh, so have to let people know that. Is there a website for uh, the first step that I can direct people to? Yeah, the website is thefirststep.com. Great. Fantastic. Um, how's Van doing? Yeah, I think Van is, Van's doing well. I think, you know, it was a, as you see in the film, it was a, it was a bruising fight and journey. And I think coming out of it, he's reflected a lot on what worked, what kind of uh, ways can he can be more effective as a leader. Um, some of the, you know, how to avoid some of the, you know, challenges and pitfalls that they, that him and his team went into. Um, but I think he's really hopeful. I think he's, he, he's a person of deep principle and faith. One thing that amazed me is, you know, coming out of this, the bill got passed. It was, you know, te- over 10,000 people have been released from prison. Yeah. And then you'll see, you see in the film, and then he goes to CPAC and, and speaks at this conservative conference. And, you know, again, is sort of, uh, you know, attacked and, um, for that, for that appearance. And I think one of the th- amazing things about Van that I really admire is he, he really just stays true to his course. You know, he is not, he tries to listen to the criticism and obstacles. Um, he did in the Obama years when he was attacked by the right, he's, but he stays true to what, what he believes in. And I think right now, 110% of his energy is just focused on not just with criminal justice reform and addiction, but climate change, uh, you know, poverty, all these other issues. How can he really forge uh, police reform? Also, you know, have these issues that you know seem to have a groundswell of, of opportunity and opening, but but major legislation has not been passed. Yeah. I think Van sees himself as one of the leaders who can hopefully help forge some of the alliances to get that work done. He's taken a lot of incoming, and certainly this isn't the politically expedient way to to have a career in politics. He's taken the, the, the road less traveled. I admire him for that. And I admire him. I, I've always admired him for what he what his goals are. And at times it's been hard to to see the method to the madness sometimes. But uh, but we have a lot more in common than we don't. And I think he recognizes that. And I think my hat's off to him and my, and my hat's off to you for a really well-made documentary film about him and about the subjects that he's tackling and the people in it are, are terrific. I just wanted to say one other thing, which is just the, uh, the other thing I just want people to understand is most public figures, when they're trying to do something that's deeply controversial like this, do not open their lives up to a documentary film. Yeah, that's true. And people watch the film 
you love Van, you hate Van, whatever. He allowed me and my team full access to capturing the highs and the lows. Let us tell the story in an honest way. And I think we need more leaders, more activists, more movements that allow the complexities, the ups and downs, the warts and all to be just documented and shared because um, it's critical moving forward. So, And I believe his ex-wife is the executive producer, which says a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jana, Jana is, a, is, you know, a real believer in, in this project and, and, and the work. And um, they have, a, you know, they're, they're not married, but they have a, a really close, you know, work, working partnership and relationship. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. The film is called The First Step, and we've been talking with the director, and that would be Brandon Kramer. Brandon, thank you so much for being here on Film School Radio. Mike, thanks so much for having me. Real, <laughs> real pleasure. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.